We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, If you're listening to this, uh, you're listening to my next installment of my FBS College Football Breakdowns, uh, continuing to break down all 133 teams at the FBS level. And in this segment, I will continue with uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies, who last season went 3-8, in the ACC. Um, of course, didn't get to play their last game of the year due to the tragedies that happened in Virginia, at the University of Virginia, within the football program. Um, but uh, So the Commonwealth Cup was uh, not played. <clears throat> but looking, looking into the Hokies, they had first-year head coach Brent Pry walked into a difficult situation. And I think Hokie fans understood that in year one, um, just how the program had kind of been run into the ground almost. And uh, he kind of got a pass for year one, I would say. Um, Just because I think people really understood what he walked into and how difficult it was going to be. But now, going into 2023, there's some optimism um, within the program some excitement. I know Coach Pry is really excited about the group that he has and uh, the excitement that, that, that he's kind of built around the program. And they have a bit of an identity now, so hopefully moving forward they can they can really build off that. But looking into a breakdown, to the breakdown for the program now, uh, starting off, of course, with uh, stadiums like I've been doing now this year. Um, the, the Hokies play an iconic Lane Stadium which seats 65,632 people. Um, I think you'd have to live under a rock as a college football fan if you didn't know about the tradition that they have of enter Sandman as the players um, enter the field. Just uh, one of the the greatest uh, traditions in college football uh, when when that happens. It's just something that you, that you can't even describe it. I, I cannot wait to witness it personally firsthand. Uh, it's something that I'm really looking forward to, and I think it should be on everyone's bucket list. I mean, everybody's seen it on TV. You can look it up on YouTube. The stadium literally shakes. It's, uh, it's a special, special scene when, uh, when that happens. And, and I can only imagine how, how it was back in the... Uh, those uh, Frank Beamer days when they were <clears throat> competing for national titles and, and at the upper echelon of college football and how just how much that place was rocking week in, week out. I can only imagine what that was like. Uh, looking now at a, a coach on the rise uh, within the program, I'm going to go with uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach uh, Tyler Bowen. And uh, Coach Bowen is entering his 13th season as a head coach. Um, going down his uh, coaching resume, um, started off as a student assistant in GA at Maryland, moved down to Towson at the tight end, as a tight ends coach in 2013, 
2014 was GA at Penn State. And then 2015 went to Fordham as an offensive line coach. Then he was promoted in 2016 to the offensive coordinator along with the offensive line coach. Maryland uh, in 2017 was the offensive line coach. Penn State 2018-2019 offensive recruiting coordinator and tight ends coach. 2020 was promoted to co-offensive coordinator, still held the offensive recruiting coordinator and uh, um, tight ends coach position. 2021 went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, served as the tight ends coach. And then now is that Virginia Tech is the offensive coordinator and tight ends coach. And I think he's really proved himself throughout his time uh, coaching in some uh, really good situations. And uh, he's got an opportunity here to really turn this offense around and the quarterback position too, I might add. This is why I'm saying he's a coach on the rise because of his rise um, in the coaching ranks um, in a rather quick manner, but also because of the opportunity that he has in place. If he really does turn this offense around, it could he could really generate it into something special. And we'll get I'll get into that momentarily. Uh, looking at their 2023 schedule, they open up. Um, against Old Dominion, they're coming to Blacksburg uh, this year. Um, last year, of course, fans will remember the big upset, potentially one of the biggest wins in Old Dominion history for sure. I don't want to say the biggest, but one of the biggest. Um, then they have Purdue coming in. They go two Rutgers and two Marshall. So a very interesting non-conference schedule, um, multiple P5s and, and two solid Sunbelt programs. So I give them credit. Going to Marshall is never easy. And then going to Rutgers, I mean, that's a that's a test, obviously. And then you have Purdue coming in, and Purdue's going to give them everything that they can handle. Uh, then they start conference play. They get Pitt at Florida State, Wake Forest. They host Syracuse on a Thursday night. Then they go to Louisville, to Boston College. Then they have NC State, and then they go to Virginia for the Commonwealth Cup. Um, looking at... Uh, Offensive breakdown now, starting with the quarterback position. Uh, we'll see an open competition between returning starter Grant Wells and Baylor transfer Chiron Drones. Um, Wells provides experience, but he was shaky last season on the field. Nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, after transferring him from Marshall, <clears throat> just he, he walked into a difficult situation, though. Um, the offensive line was not very good. Uh, the running... Uh, they didn't do as well running the football. Um, the receiving core was not very talented, and, the, and they've improved a lot of those situations, so it, it, it could be a much better situation for him. But uh, Kyron Drones comes in, and he provides a dual-threat opportunity to open up the offense, um, which, which gives them that pass-run option that could really, really help in the play-action pass that they want to do. I think that could really open things up. So it was a 50-50 battle after the spring, and this is this is a battle to watch because I think this this is a this is a team where a bull berth is definitely possible. And if they get a quarterback who who can really um, kind of take this team up a notch, it could really if they get quarterback play, I should say that takes the team up a notch. It could really help them. Um, when it comes to getting to the next, to that next level, getting to bowl eligibility that they want to get to. Um, looking at the running back position now, uh, like I said, Virginia Tech is hoping to establish a run-first uh, play-action pass offense, and 
may be better off this season being able to do that. Of course, that starts with quarterback play, but they also have a good one-two punch of uh, Malachi Thomas in North Carolina A&T transfer, Bashal, Tutin, Tutton. Um, they could provide that opportunity to run that type of offense. Now that you have two backs that you can trust to do that, um, it could really open it up for the offense. Then you look at the receiving core. That they need, like they needed some playmakers, and they went to the transfer portal to address it. And they got a really good one in wide receiver, Ali Jennings, Ali Jennings from Old Dominion. Um, then they also added Jalen Lane from Middle Tennessee State and Daquan Felton from Norfolk State. These are three huge additions, and they should be the three starters, honestly. Um, Jennings caught 116 passes for 2,025 yards and 14 touchdowns over the past two seasons at Old Dominion. Um, fantastic player. Um, and then tight end Daquan Wright could have a breakout season this year. Uh, he's one to watch uh, moving forward. Um, this is an interesting, uh, really, really good size. Um, and can really do some things. And, and I'm, I'm really intrigued to see him moving forward um, and seeing what comes from that in his, for his sake. Um, looking at the offensive line now, uh, it's still a bit of a concern. Um, center Caden Moore, right tackle Parker Clements, and left tackle Xavier Chaplin have experience. However, Depth is still a major concern for this unit. Now looking at the defensive side of things, the Hokies are deep at the defensive tackle position as uh, Norrell Pollard, Josh Faga, and uh, Mario Kendricks are all experienced players. Uh, the defensive end position is more of a concern, though. Uh, C.J. McCray and Cole Nelson need to emerge and they do they get help from uh, Florida transfer Antoine Powell Ryland, who started a handful of games over the past couple years at Florida. Um, a, a good opportunity for him to really shine in this defense as they need a rush end, somebody who can get to the quarterback, and he could be that guy. Um, the linebacker unit has a nice blend of players. Alan Tisdale and Kanata Jenkins have a lot of experience, while uh, Kelly Lawson and Jaden Keller are emerging players. And that, um, look for VMI transfer Stone Schneider. He could uh, be a major, could have a major role as well. Um, just, a, just a solid unit because they have some guys who've been there, done that, and then they have some up and comers who, who have a huge upside uh, on the field. Uh, I believe Lawson, I, I believe, is six four. So I mean, he's long and lengthy and can do some. Is a, just a special prospect <clears throat> the secondary has talented pieces and cornerbacks uh dorian strong and uh mansour delane along with safeties jalen stroman and uh, nasir peoples uh, the additions of cornerback uh derek Con the addition of cornerback derek contine from georgia southern is big he tied for the nation for the national lead in interceptions in 2020 with six so he should be a really really good addition as a nickelback um, then going on special teams, the kicking game needs a boost uh, because <clears throat> they didn't make a field goal longer than 23 yards on the last six games of the season. <clears throat> Obviously, that has to improve to have any type of success. And then <clears throat> punter uh, Peter Moore returns. One interesting thing, Tucker Holloway 
is emer is an emerging star returning punts. Um, really, really s solid prospect there uh, who can really do some things. Um, final analysis is my opinion heading into the season for Virginia Tech. Uh, Brent Pry established an identity in year one. Um, like I said, it, it was a struggle, um, and I but I think fans understood that what he walked into was, uh, I don't want to say a disaster, but just they were lacking so much depth and talent. <clears throat> and he's been able to really bring in some really talented players. I mean, they still have depth concerns in multiple positions, and it's going to take time to build that up. Um, a couple more recruiting cycles at least. <clears throat> the defense looked the part, though, last season as, as they were um, – Brent Pry coached on a lot of those great Virginia Tech staffs back in the day when Bud Foster's defenses were unbelievably talented. Um, so he understands how to win at Virginia Tech. Um, but, again, the offense struggled. Um, some really good pieces have been added to the skill positions on offense, though, and improvements should be seen. I mean, you could we could, there could even be a, a new quarterback put in place that could really change some things up. Uh, time will tell when it comes to that quarterback battle, though. And like I said before, a bull, a bull berth is possible. Um, that non-conference schedule is difficult. Um, playing two Big Ten teams and then two good Sun Belt teams uh, doesn't make it easy. And then you have ACC play, obviously. Um, but there's there's optimism at least though because you look at this team you know they should be ready week one against old dominion because old dominion got them last year and they're going to want to get them back and then they have ollie jennings now the star wide receiver from odu last year who is now at virginia tech so that the, <clears throat> I, I i definitely see old or i definitely see virginia tech coming out ready to go week one and then purdue week two is one of those teams with a new coach you don't know what to expect out of them. They're they're kind of a, a, a you don't know what you're getting out of them yet because we just haven't seen it. Rutgers is a winnable game, but it's on the road. Going to Marshall's a winnable game, of course, but it's on the road. That's a tough it's a tough environment to play in. So um, just I, starting off quickly though in the non conference slate is going to be important for this team so they can gain momentum. Well, hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown. Uh, I love doing these. It's a ton of fun. Like, subscribe, or ever listen to the podcast. And then please get the podcast Twitter account and follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless.